to free beers and a movie. Nice. Hello and welcome to episode 158 of Free Beers and a Movie. I am Richard Laird and I'm with Barry Neal. Barry, we took a little break last week, but this week we are get we are back. Yes. Yeah. I was dealing with lack of internet. I was resorting to candles and books, books to see me through entertainment. <laughs> Because I realised everything I do or watch is streamed in one yes. way or another. So with no internet and a small data plan, I am limited. Yeah, so, you're basically yes. a bit an up, you're like that TV show with, with, with the upload we watch when the guys like when they run out of money and they get put into a little sort of jail cell with no money, with no uh, bandwidth. That's basically that's what you yes. want. Yeah, hundred percent. I came grey and frozen in time. This is why people mock me for like I have you know I've got quite a sizable Blu-ray DVD collection because and I was yes. like why would you buy all that stuff when it's going to be so it's all streaming anyway but I'm like eventually shit will go down like the like the streaming services will go down at some point and it'll be crashed and no one get to watch but I'll have an entire DVD collection to watch which is why I keep yeah. the physical media China could end up nuking us and DVDs and Blu-rays are all we have left that's exactly it it's my currency it's it's my investment to the future. <laughs> You could literally open up a new blockbuster. It's that's that's a dream. That's a dream. Um, <laughs> there we are recording this on a very sort of Saturday afternoon. I mean, we'll get towards another thing. Uh, are you drinking anything yeah, tonight? I am. I'm going to I'm going to pimp out Lennox Brewery again from Dumbarton because I am yes. still swigging them. What I'm on the Lennox. It's the Lennox IPA. Oh, that's nice. That one. Yeah, it's quite refreshing. Then. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've got uh, three of them actually. So, yeah. 6.4, so a nice wee kick in it. Yes. Uh, I'm, what about yourself? Are you I'm slugging a, on anything? I am more of a health kick this now, so, so I'm just on the water this now. Um, oh, that's very nice. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll be a later on, but for the time being, I'm going to be a bit of a, a healthiness. And it's very hard to keep the calorie count down when you're drinking beer, because beer apparently has got a lot of shit in it that makes you... That, hence why they have a beer belly. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, we're still in lockdown, so we're still doing this by Zoom. Um, there is rumours that cinemas may be returning opening towards the end of this month, but who knows? Um, I think the bigger issue is cinemas might, cinemas might reopen, but there's literally nothing to show in them right now because every every major yeah. film that I've noticed has been getting its um, release date pushed back and pushed back. Some are just some are going back a few months. Some are just basically saying we're writing off 2020 fully um, mm. and moving all the way back yeah. to 2021. Yeah, I did see even a couple of movies as well getting pulled and the release date has became not Coming getting soon. released uh, aye that and also uh, indefinitely suspended. Yeah. So God only knows what that means. If they're maybe going to wait for like the market a market slot for them that's going to make this like a make them money. I don't I really don't know. I don't know I what think, that even means when it comes to I think the big issue isn't Britain, isn't Europe, because we seem to have sort of mostly got a handle on this now. It seems to sort of there seems to be a certain amount of easing in life. You know, things are going back to mm. some relative normality. But the fact that America is still really struggling with this and they yeah. can't open cinemas and they can't release movies in cinemas where only in Europe because of the market and the, the box office there just isn't there for them. They need the American market and all to bump the box office. So if you've got something like mm. say for example Tenant, the new Chris Nolan film. That thing costs 250 million bucks. It's a pricey, pricey ass movie. They can't rely on a British and European box office for that. They need the American box office to, to boost that even higher to make it a viable movie. Yeah, of course. You know, so um, it's really, it's now, Britain could be completely virus free and so could Europe be completely virus free. If America still can't open the cinemas, that's what's going to stop films getting released. So who knows what's going to happen in the next, yeah. um, 
you know, a few months, it could be very odd, you know, how it's, you know, how it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. Well, fingers crossed. And hopefully, I noticed as well today that today was the first day that England had also opened up a lot of, like, other activities like gyms and all that yeah. and swimming pools. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out down down the other side of the border from us, yes. you know, because we yeah. obviously run a few weeks behind England. You just need so. to get a lead from them, see how here they go. So, like I said, I think tunnels will open soon, but we're probably going to show in the next couple of weeks. Who knows? It could be old films for the next few while, and that's only got so much appeal for people, and people aren't willing to spend usually 20 bucks to go and see an old film. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Right. I'm quite up for a Rocky saga, to be honest. A Rocky yeah. stroke. Creed saga, you know. I mean, you might do it for the odd film. You're not going to go week on week on week, you know, day on day on day. You're going to see all yeah, films. of course. You have to make something new. So, mm-hmm. because of that, we are once again on the streaming services and um, some stuff. We've been oh, out yes. a couple. Of, this, most of the stuff we're talking about now has been out for a couple of weeks because we took the week off. And um, so we're going to start with the new film from Apple Plus, Apple Plus, um, which has not got much content on it because it's been kind of quite a hasty launch, but. One of the films they did manage to put on it is one called Greyhound, uh, which is directed by Aaron Schneider, directed a film called Get Low a few years ago. Um, and the plot of this essentially follows a destroyer boat during World War II as it tries to go across the Atlantic while escorting ships with supplies for Britain during the war. America is not yet in the war at this point in time, I believe. It's, sort of, it's still before Pearl Harbor. Um, so they're just basically mm. acting as an escort for these boats at the same time. There's U-boats all over the North Atlantic hunting these shipping um, fleets in order to shoot them, destroy them, so that the so basically starve the British out. Um, Tom Hanks is the yeah. commander of the destroyer. It's his first mission across the Atlantic. Um, with him is Stephen Graham. He plays a sort of second in command. Elizabeth Shue is in it as well, and Rob Morgan plays a sort of a chef, uh, the cook on the boat. Um, did you manage to watch this one? I did so, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, I thought I thought this was a really good example of a different wartime tale done very well, and I'm I'm pretty sure I said at the time when I watched it, you could have replaced Tom Hanks and had someone generic, and this would have held up just as good. He just took it to a whole other level with him being in it. Yeah, the film itself is is absolutely solid. Like you said, it's a it's an absolutely it's a well done, well made, well produced, well acted acted film. Um, tells an interesting story, um, but it is a Tom Hanks attachment that, that does rise it above the sort of the the model, yeah. you know, because he has yes he's Tom Hanks, and he also wrote the film as well. So I think part of, part of the deal might have been if he writes it and the producer, he would have to be in it. Because that does give it Tom Hanks is a mark of quality. And there's a lot of credence given towards Tom Hanks being in a film. Um, mm. I think I this it. also worked as well because it was on Apple. I think, see if this, if it didn't have Tom Hanks in it and it was just a generic person and it was on another platform, I could have seen it getting lost in the yes. big catalogues. Uh-huh. But because it was on Apple, the catalogues are a bit more sparse. It's got Tom Hanks in it. So there's two bumps right there and then that you know that folk are going to watch this. Yeah, Tom Hanks makes it more and more of a prestige movie, you know, rather than just a, a generic war film. Um, yes. There is times when it does have a bit of a TV movie feel to it, I mean, a bit of a B movie feel to it, but like I said, the, the, the involvement of Hanks does make it rise above that. Um, 
I enjoyed the storytelling. I thought it was, it was good. It was like what, 91 minutes long for a war movie, which I was shocked at that. But it is a story mm-hmm. that's very much, it's about the day or the days on the, the water. And it's, it's quite, it's not trying to get involved in people's personal lives. It's not trying to delve deep into any character. It's, it's basically telling the story. Most of the film is in sort of almost military-esque jargon. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's nautical jargon. You know, it's a bit, there's enough, a, there's enough understanding when you, when you see things happen, you, you know what they're looking for and why they're looking for it. And there's a couple, a couple of throwaway lines just to make people realise why something's happening. But the rest of the film is told in essentially military-esque, you know, or nautical dialogue, which, I know, it's good because it streamlines the story. There's no messing around. There's no sort of, you know, trying to delve too deep into something. It just it moves at pace all the way through the movie. That's which I was really, um, I really enjoyed. Um, so you kind of do get invested in the story of like will the ship get across, but I feel there's a lack of sort of emotionalness towards attachment to any character, other than the fact you don't really want anyone to get shot because you know because you don't want to get shot because it's you know that's for it. There's no reason why you care yeah. for any one character over another really. That was kind of one thing that was missing from me. Okay, cool. It was uh, it was also quite good as well to see the actor Stephen Graham appearing as well. He is in everything. He, he's a man who works. <laughs> There's a worry that you might open the cupboard one day and Stephen Graham is being you. The man is in everything. Um, <laughs> and that's maybe one of the things you do miss from the fact that it is so sort of linear with its storytelling and just trying to push through to the end. And, and is it an actor like Stephen Graham, you don't really get much more from him other than just sort of reciting nautical dialogue. And he's an actor who you do mm. want more from in that, which is a, bit, it's a shame that you was sort of lost in that because of that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I think this movie held up really well. It's a shame that it didn't get a theatrical release, to be honest. Yeah, some of the CGI is a bit dodgy. Maybe on a big massive screen that might have floundered it a little bit. Some of the kind of water effects are a little bit shaky. So on on the small screen, mm-hmm. it sort of it held up a little bit better. But yeah, I think it's a kind of film. I think that's the kind of film that would, would do well in cinema because it's, it's Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks always brings an audience to film, and. So I think I think that's what would have got it in a big business at the cinema. But I thought it was a, I thought it was a decent, well-told film, and it was nicely stream. It was streamlined, and that made it that made it sort of pass quick. And you're investing in the story for the night and one minute. You're watching it just when you start looking. Just when I yeah. more after the look back, going, I would have liked a little bit, not a lot, just a little bit more to know about the crew and maybe about that about the, the characters in the story because I feel that was something that was missing from the actual story itself. It's very much a story, a film for a guy who likes military movies. And I think Tom Hanks is a guy who really likes military stuff. He's a big military guy. So it's yes. a film for, it's, it's sort of playing into his. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely a good watch. Out of 10, what do you oh, give it? Oh, absolutely. I'm going to give it 8 out of 10. Wow. But you do like a lot more than that. Did I give it 6.5? Which I enjoyable, cool. fun, a decent watch. But I'm probably not going to go back to it. Yeah, yeah. Like a mm-hmm. lot of these war movies, that like very seldomly do you ever return to them, you know? I think the great ones, the good ones you do return to, this one I'm going to say, I'll recommend to my dad doing that and, you know, to watch, but I just don't see myself sitting back down to watch. But still, mm-hmm. what it was, decent enough. This is like a, this is like a, a good like Christmas Day movie, you yes. know? Christmas Day, Boxing Day, you know, it's not, Day. Yeah. Yeah. Not too violent, so you can stick it on, you know. You don't see really any kind of bloods and guts that normally yes, yeah, come to like military yeah. movies. 
good point. Actually, it's it's almost a blood free war in this one. You see boats getting sunk, yeah. obviously, but there's no actual like there's no sort of guy hanging out with guts hanging out or anything like that. But so it's yeah. sort of a team in that respect. Um, up Just next is a Netflix hanging. movie. Um, yeah. based on a comic book called The Old Guard um, created by mm. Gina Prince-Blydewood who did a film called Love and Basketball a few years ago, if you remember that one and The Secret Life of Bees um, the plot of this film is there is a group of immortals sort of Highlanders, who have been existing for the last thousand years or so uh, throughout history basically fighting on one side or the other of, of major moments in history depending on what they think is the right side uh, it's got to the point now where they're just sort of a bit tired, a bit run down. But there's a massive sort of pharma, sort of biological company who are trying to basically capture them in order to sort of use their DNA and their essence in order to cure diseases and sort of, you know, make money off them, basically. And, and that's sort of the sense of the film. Um, and the film you get Charlie Theron, she plays sort of the head of Mortal. Um, Kiki Lane plays a sort of newbie to the team, the one who sort of discovers her power and, and um, it's sort of recruited into them. Um, Matthias Schoenhartz plays another one of the immortals. Um, Harry Melling plays the main bad guy, the main farmer bad guy, who, if you know Harry Potter, he is the little fat Dudsley kid from Harry Potter, the one who is mean to, oh, to okay. Harry, um, his cousin, and also in the film, in the most un... sort of the, the, the sort of most... Um, what's the word? Unsympathetic role in terms of like nothing to really do, but is important for this going forward. Is Chewetwell Ejiofor who plays a sort of go between between the CIA, the baddie, and the, the good guys. Um, I'll start with this one. I thought this was a really decent intro to a new franchise. Um, I've now read the comic book. I will try and find it at some point. Um, but it does. It's it, it, it's it's fun, but it does suffer a little bit from it trying to set up a lot of stuff. You know, a good chunk of the film is based around trying to set up the world and it spends a bit of time on that and, it, and it kind of, because of that you lose a bit of story so the baddie in this film is completely it's almost a pointless exercise there's no real he's almost not in it and he's not really that interesting because they're so they are sort of more concerned with like sort of developing the world and building that up um, mm. I thought the cast were all good Charlie Theron obviously is a complete utter badass she's awesome um, and Kiki Lane playing the young the newbie to the team thought she was great as well they worked really well like off of each other and they have a nice kind of back and forth and totally works really well for me. And um, like I said, Barry not the greatest, but it gets the story moving at least. Um, action scenes don't break the mold. Nothing's really like it's nothing that you've not seen before, but it's all handled well. It's all done well, and so it's it's engaging. Um, Charlie Theron kicking people with a hit people with a battle axe is pretty impressive and pretty cool looking. So I'm, I'm all for that. Um, but yeah. Um, I thought a lot. Of, I thought a lot of stuff going for it. I liked how it approached the sort of LGBTQ aspect of the film. You know, the sort of the bit between the two guys. I thought it was a really interesting way of looking at the world. Yeah. Um, I want to see more Chewy Edge for. He didn't have enough screen time, and he's one of my favourite actors. I'm thinking why they take this role. But obviously, at the end of the film, they're setting up for a bigger movie franchise. I've tried to so long, so he's there to be almost like sort of a like the way. Um, Sam Jackson is in the Marvel Universe, he's sort of this sort of continuing presence. Um, but no, I really, I really yes. enjoyed it, I thought it was really fun. And just, it's a really fun watch at home. I don't know how much it was done at the cinema, I don't know if I maybe get a bit more angst at cinema, but watching it at home, Friday night, absolutely enjoyed it. Probably yourself. Yeah, yeah, very much the same. 
uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. It did take me a wee minute to get into it, but once yeah. it kind of started going, the more I found myself getting more into it. It was just like you said at the start, it was like the kind of very beginning of the movie, the building up the universe. And I found that a bit of a slog to get through. But see, once you got over that fucking hill, it yeah. was brilliant after that. Yeah. You know? It's just uh, a funny yeah. film. Yeah. 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 Very kind, very kind of reminiscent. It kind of had the same kind of DNA I found as a oh, that other Netflix movie that came out recently. A Distraction. Was it Six Under? Six no, Underground. Six Underground. This, you know, very, very kind of wee bits. Yeah, I you think know? this one was this one was a, a, a better storytelling, and the fact you could understand what the hell was going on for a lot of the time, um, it was a more yes. cohesive story and more sort of, it made more sense. Um, yeah, it's one of those films that you go, it's not really much to say about it. I'm going to say, you know what, watch it. It's a fun film. You'll enjoy it. It's it's not breaking the mold in anything. The, the real attraction to me was watching Charlie Theron just basically destroying all humanity. She is pretty much the most awesome, you know, person to watch on screen. That was the sort of, she, yeah. she delivers in, in a big, massive way. And surprisingly, um, I, I know a little bit about Kiki Lane. I've seen her in a few Street to Talk. But seen her, kind of, kind of taking that step up from sort of like, you know, these very serious, dramatic roles and something that's generally just a lot of fun was, was cool to see as well. And sure you can do other stuff rather than just be, you know, very dramatic. And so I thought it was really good. Um, but yeah, it's kind of film that's perfectly three beers and maybe it's one of the films you want on a Friday night after the pub when we can still go to pubs um, and come home and oh, yeah. go on. It's just one of those kind of just a fun, silly, and I would say as well, like adult action movie. You know, it's not. Mm. It's not. I mean, I, don't, I think it is a pretty. I don't think it's a, a 18 or anything, but it feels slightly stronger than a PG 12. You know, yeah. Point, it's, it's, it's got without uh, without spoiling it, how how disgusting was that end bit? Yes. Remember when uh, Kiki Lane her her bit at the end? How disgusting is that? Yes. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, so it has nope. got some. <laughs> don't want. Don't need to see that. Amazingly, this would get more blood and gore in it than um, you know the war movie we watched before Greyhound, which is pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> so, like I said, it's, it's a, an action movie made for more grown-up people. You know, it's not just it's a comic book movie. Yes, absolutely, all throughout, throughout, but it's not quite as sanitising PG twelve as, as a lot of stuff is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, out of ten, would you give it? Mm, I'm gonna give this one seven. Because I did actually enjoy it. It's just the start, I think, could put a lot of people off if they don't stick with it. Dude, I'm 100% with you. I'll give exactly the same, 7 out of 10. Like, nice. totally enjoyable. Don't know if I'll watch it again anytime soon, but if it, if, I wouldn't be unhappy to see a sequel to it. You know, I'd, mm. I'd, be quite, I'd be quite intrigued to see what they do going forward. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, the way they've wrapped, up, wrapped the first movie up, it sets itself up for a sequel. It's set up for sequels because of the mortals where you can do prequels as well because you know they can't die. So you can mm. do prequels of like, you know, see them fighting at the Balagian Corps or something like that, you know, or see them fighting in like World War Two or something, you know, you, so there's, you can do so much with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's um, just a shame that, uh, was it Wonder Woman stole that fantastic, was it? No. What was the superhero movie from Marvel that, um, and it was them running through history and they were caught, was it Wolverine? Wolverine, oh, yeah, 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 Wolverine. I knew it was, I knew it was one of the kind of standalone characters. Yeah. It's a shame they stole that because that would have been perfect for this movie to show you her galloping through history fighting. 
you know? they can still do it. Just you've got to do it differently. That's all. They can still definitely do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, third film. Uh, have you seen this one? Bad Education. Have you watched this one? I have. Yes. I you have. Are, you're doing well, sir. Three for three this week. For for last week being a lost week, and then this week for some reason me falling into a coma and waking up, and it's Saturday. I think I've done quite pretty well. Yeah, I've done three films. <laughs> three the bill. So this one is directed by Corey Finley. Who directed a film a few years ago called Thoroughbreds, um, which I absolutely adored. I loved Thoroughbreds, one of my favourite films of a few years ago. It's absolutely fantastic, sort of coming of age movie. Um, if you get a chance to watch it, it's on Sky. Have a look for it. It's, it's a cracking good, good film. Um, the plot of this film is set in a high, set in like a sort of a high school district where the sort of superintendent is one of the most beloved characters in town. Everyone sort of adores him. The women love him. The guys love him. Everyone thinks he's the greatest guy in the world. But in the school, we find out that someone's been sort of skimming money off the top and not putting their um, their expenses down correctly and basically fleecing the, the, the taxpayer. And it's them trying to, and it's this this story all being uncovered and then um, coming into the public eye and people them try to cover it up again. And the, the, the aftermath mm. follow of just how much money they stole and who stole it and why they stole it. That's essentially the plot. Uh, and if you Hugh Jackman plays the sort of head superintendent, Alison Yanni plays his sort of like second in command. Ray Romano plays, I think he plays like sort of head of the PTA, doesn't he? He's sort of the, or the mayor? I can't remember. He's sort of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you've got Geraldine Viswantan. It was nice to see him. Ray Romano, yeah. Ray Romano from back stuff. And Geraldine yeah. Viswanathan, who we know from that program about the, what was when we watched the, the, the Daniel Radcliffe playing the guys who are in heaven. Remember that one? Yeah. Um, uh, no, nah, it's escaped yeah. me. That you one. know what I'm talking about. It's <laughs> yeah. We both actually really from what I remember. Um, I just can't remember the name of it now. That's an annoying thing. But yeah. Yeah, it was that. quite a wee while ago. Yeah. Like still life or something it's called? Or... Nah, no. Anyway, it's done it as well. So, yeah, yeah. What do you think? What do you think of this one? Start with yourself. Cool, cool. I liked it. You liked it a lot. This cool. was I. Uh, uh, yeah, actually, it was kind of, It was good to see Kai Hugh, uh, Hugh Jackman doing another kind of serious role again. Um, the show's called Miracle Workers. Role. That's what it is. The show was called Miracle Workers. Ah. Uh, okay. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Continue yeah. with Hugh Jackman. No, no, you're fine. Yeah. So this is like a. It is a true story, isn't it? I know it yes. pops up in the beginning, like loosely based on a true story. Yes. But for the most part, it is a true story. Um, yeah, I thought it was really good. I thought the way they can unwinded the whole story without ever can really letting the cab viewer jump ahead about where it was going to go. It was all kind of a, very much kind of, you know, kind of smoke and mirrors, kind of not really giving you too much away, but just giving you enough to keep you hooked to see where it was heading, you know? Then it was, yeah, it was good. I liked it. I, I disagree with that. I it was really well done. I disagree. I think, see, for the most part, see, with the, the twist they have of, like, who's involved in this, I thought it was so mm. telegraphed early on that it wasn't really a twist in the film. Like, I thought it was really mm. obvious. I'm like, they revealed it like it was something yeah. big. And I'm like, that was obvious from the start to me. Yeah, you knew for you knew for that bit was going, but you never really knew that it was going to end up coming from the source that it came from. That's what See? I kind of took from it. That that was good. 
see, that's what I found really interesting. Like that's that was a story I thought was a better story, see, because it the story itself was broken by one of the students. That's the whole point. It, it's it, it's yes. one of the students who uncovers this. But that's sort of like a periphery story within this film. It's sort of like in the sidelines. You don't really see mm. much about that. And I think that would have been a more interesting how a, how a student exposed this happening rather than focusing yeah. on people who are perpetrating it and then try to like almost humanise them a little bit. I'd, like, I'd be much more interested to see the story of the young girl uncovering this because like no one believed her and no one and it didn't run anywhere else in any other major newspaper until she broke it in the college or the high school newspaper. Um, that's, uh, that's what I thought would have been the more interesting story to watch. Um, I thought as well, Hugh Jackman was fine in it. He's, he was, you know, trying try to be the actor. He's, you know, he's not trying to be Wolverine anymore. He's trying to obviously, you know, do more. Um, I thought Alison Yanni, for someone who is an Oscar winning actress and being given second villain on this film, was never in it. She's only in it for, what, 10 minutes in total? Mm. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. Felt, and I felt a real shame to have somebody like that not being used. I I found that it was a bit calm. It was really more focused around like Hugh Jackman's character. Yeah. To be honest, that he he was the main driving force. Is like his life was unpacked within the movie, Aye. whereas a lot of the other people like like you said, it would have been nice to have a more kind of like reason as to why they were doing it. Yeah. You know, rather than just the the cab. I don't even know her job title, but the the lady's job title. Uh-huh. Why she was swindling money? You only kind of got a very small snippet, just as she was getting like arrested as to why she was doing it. But it would have been good to see it from uh-huh. an angle getting built up to the point, like a lot of these cast stories where people just keep on like taking and taking because it's like an easy revenue of money. Yeah. You know, uh, the motivation of why they did it was never really explained and never really sort of given much credence. Um, I thought that yeah. was a shame. Um, it just it, it felt like it starts at like sort of it's, it starts at a six and it never goes up to mm. a seven or eight. It just sort of just sort of remains pretty constant, like nothing bad in it, nothing really particularly going great. And it doesn't really seem the story for what they did. It's pretty nasty, you know. They're you know, stealing you know what was it four and a half million dollars. Mm. It does feel pretty, yeah. horrendous. you know, you are pretty it's disappointing, but they haven't killed anyone or anything like that, you know. And from what I've seen, and just it didn't feel like it was it didn't warrant the big film, you know, it didn't really seem like that interesting a film, if that's harsh on it, you know, mm. it didn't really seem interesting enough to be that, you know, a film like this. I, I felt like this, I mean, if there's a bigger story of, like, because of this, you uncover, you know, another 5,000 schools who are all doing the same thing, then that's a story. It, yeah, yeah, you know? well, there's always that kind of thing about, like, um, uh, college athletes not getting paid that's the kind of big story that's always kind of never went away with American schools you know how American football players and all that and I'm assuming basketball and all that yeah. none of them get paid by the NCAA until right. they become like pro athletes and by that point their career's pretty much like you know that's them getting into the bigger leagues that's the pinnacle of their career and then after yeah. that it's usually downhill the that you know? is they're selling they're selling the selling rights to that sport on like a on like a tv deal worth billions so you go so who's getting that money if the athletes yeah. aren't getting the money someone's making that money somewhere you know um, yeah so there's corruption you know, within the school system selling outstanding yeah I mean, there's corruption in the school system and i think it'd be, it'd be interesting more to explore that you know the same way if you watch you've seen that film spotlight mm. 
where they they're uncovering like sort of the, um, the paedophilia amongst priests in like Boston. And then at the end of the film, it basically no. said, so, they, they, so it's a Boston Morning Herald or something uncovers it, or Boston Globe uncovers it all. And at the end of the film, it basically mm. says, their story was published on like whatever date. Um, and but since then, there have been paedophile priest rings uncovered in these, in these countries and cities. And then it just starts listing all these cities and all these countries. So you realize that like mm. this one, this one story started a landslide that sort of became a bigger thing. Much the same way like sort of the Me Too thing with like um, Harvey Weinstein, you know, when one person came forward and finally spoke out, it caused, you know, other people to sort of step up and, and, and you know, a ball starts rolling. This just seems to say like this school was shitty. The guy who charged this school was shitty. And that's the story. It doesn't really give you much more other than that. And that felt like it was like a bit well. It felt like too big a film with too big an actor and actress in it for for the kind of film that it was. That that, that was the only thing I would it sort of been a bit. It felt a bit small scale. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then it also did take me ages as well to uh, realize that it wasn't my dodgy internet that was causing that kind of grey filtery thing to had all over the movie. No. no it was actually the movie. It was trying to look older than what it was. Stylistic choice, yeah. Um, yeah. So I was more a bit disappointed by this one because I'm a, I was a huge fan of Thoroughbreds, the, the first film with Corey Finley, so I was really excited to see what he could do next. And this, this felt a little bit too beige for what he, for what he done the first mm. time around. It felt really fresh and inspiring and, and interesting. This felt very safe. It didn't really feel particularly brave yeah. doing this one. Um, I was kind of give it a very yeah. solid six. It's got some stuff that people might enjoy, but it's it's a six out of ten film. It's not a bad film. It's not a good film. It's a six out of ten film. Probably yourself. Yeah, very much similar. Uh, six out of ten for me as well. Yeah. Nice one. Very much for the same kind of reasons. You know, it's a good wee story. Never going to return to it, unfortunately. No. You know. Yeah. Um, and last thing up, uh, I did change because we probably missed a week or say we maybe try and watch a TV show, which I know you don't have a chance to get to. Um, the TV show is called The Outsider, which is on Sky Atlantic. Mm. Um, it's um, based on a Stephen King book, um, and the showrunner of it is Jason Bateman. And the plot, of the, the plot of the story is where a young boy turns up dead in a town in a really horrific way, and all the evidence, mm. eyewitnesses, DNA, fingerprints, everything points towards Jason Bateman has done it. So the problem is, at the time the boy was murdered, Jason Bateman is like 200 miles away on camera. Clearly not where he is, and they're, so they're trying to figure out how this happened and how, and how it went about. So from that, it gets a little bit supernaturally and sort of goes into sort of the Stephen King world, you know, you know quite, you know, you understand. And so I'll be turning since you've not seen it, I'll be quite brief on it. And um, you get Ben Mendelsohn in it. He plays a cop um, who's investigating it. Bill Camp plays a lawyer who's uh, working on behalf of the family. Jason Bateman obviously in it as well. Paddy Constantine plays like a, a bouncer who gets wrapped up in it as well. Uh, Juliana Nicholson plays the wife of Jason Bateman. She's trying to come to terms with the fact her husband might be a child killer. Um, you've got Mace um, Winningham, and you've also got Cynthia Rebo, who plays like, sort of a, a, a really sort of, I mean, I'm not going to say artistic, she's just an investigator who's got a very heightened sense. So it's, it, it looks almost like autism, but it's not quite. Um, yeah. Let's see about this. So it's 10 episodes. The first three episodes are fucking great. They're really good. Like, they really get you invested in it. They delve into it. They're really creepy. They really set a scene. 
And I was like totally, I was like, this is going to be, going to be something really special. But I am totally in for this, and I'm really creeped out a lot about that as well because he shoots the guys are shooting the, the film they made. They shoot things in really weird angles, so it'll focus on something you think's not really that important, you know, and then it'll move on to something else. Um, so it's it's um, so it's just constantly a bit like the Invisible Man. You think you feel totally on edge. You don't really know what's going on. Then the next episodes four to ten, so seven episodes, just dragged so much. Like it just, oh God. it just dragged out the story. Just in a level it just did not need to be dragged out to. If they cut those episodes four to ten down to three episodes, then mm-hmm. it'd been like a six episode series, and it'd been absolutely great because it'd been. I think it'd been, it'd been just a really well told mini series because you've made it into these other episodes. It just it just drags and drags and drags and drags. Episode nine and ten sort of do wrap it up, and ten does move at a decent pace to try and get it all wrapped up. But there's so much filler in the middle there that I was just I'd, I'd lost interest, which is really gotten because the first three fucking I was really in for. I was totally in. It felt very Stephen Kingy. It totally sucked me in. I was absolutely, I was willing to watch it again, you know, willing to get into it. And I, I thought, like, oh, episode four is a bit down. Maybe it'll pick up again. And I realised I got to episode six, going, oh shit, this is what it is now. It's just maybe a really slow, slow storytelling. Um, the thing that does pull you through is Ben Mendelsohn um, and Cynthia Rivo are absolutely fucking great. The rest of the cast also really good. But they two, fantastic in it, and really do make it worth watching. But I wish it just, I wish it did this, the courage of a conviction to remain the way it done for the first three and moved like that because it'd been, it'd been something really special. But because it didn't, it just felt a lot of bit of a drag. Oh, that's a shame. As, mm-hmm. as that's gotten the fact that it started so strong, usually it's the opposite way about. Usually shows start quite weak and then get stronger as they go on. Yeah. So to see it doing it in reverse is quite bizarre. Yeah. Um, I think. I know you're not a big fan of the horror. I think Stacey might like it. You know, you know, I know she's into like her murder mysteries and her podcast and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So she might get something out of it. She might really enjoy it. And you less so. I know you're not much of a, a man for the creepiness. Yes. Yeah. Um, but out of ten, I give it a seven out of ten. It is worth watching for the performances. The first three are great, and four to ten, they're not terrible, just slow. I bet it felt like it just yeah. It had, it had something really, it had real potential and promise, and it just didn't quite deliver in full. Yeah, that's a shame, man. That's a shame. Yeah, The Outsider, decent enough watch. Um, tell me what, um, next week we've got, I'm not actually saying what to watch next week because I've been looking through all the streaming services and generally, dude, I cannot <laughs> find anything to watch. Nothing, oh, nothing God. anywhere jumps out at me. Oh, no. Um, well, well, that's it. We've hit, it. We've hit, we've hit the hit, point. We've hit the wall. The only thing I can really suggest <laughs> watching is there's something on Sky Atlantic just now. It's called The Plot Against America. Right, okay. Which is sort of an alternate history, a bit like your Man in the High Castle. Oh, okay, cool. Is that like set. a TV show? Yeah. Yeah, it's only only six episodes though. Uh-huh. Okay, so, cool. Cool. I've been I watched the first three. Really interesting. The premise of the show is that it's set before America enters World War Two and Charles Lindbergh becomes president of America which was something that might have happened in real life. But he is a very sort of anti-Semitic and he's, he's very pro-Nazi. So he, he would keep America out of the war. And it's sort of the history follows on from there. And it's America, America trying to deal with the fact that he's got a fascist, a fascist president. Not something that's ever happened in real life, obviously. But, um, obviously. Obviously. So it's just <laughs> the idea. It's just, it's just sort of it's shown that. It's, it's 
so far, really good, really good world building. The fact you're a, you quite like the man in the high castle, this has got some elements mm. of that in it as well. And I, I'm a big fan of alternate histories. So we'll definitely watch that next week. Other than that, I'll have to take yeah. a couple of movies to watch just so we can try and knock a couple out. But I am struggling to yeah. think. I have something to think anything of interest, by the way. It's, just, it's a real, real slog right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if I see anything on my travels, I'll certainly, I'll certainly, I'll certainly let you know. Because uh, yes. no doubt I'll be trying to find something to watch tonight with Stacey where we have a bit of dinner. Yes. Um, but yeah, outside that, I'll let you know. Absolutely. Wait to everybody to find us. Yes, all the usual uh, social media haunts at Three Beers in a Movie. That's great. And that's this week. I've been Richard. You've been Barrett. You've been listening to Three Beers in a Movie.